This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Healing Schools. Jesus is the will of God in action. Jesus is the will of God in action. We saw from John 1, praise God, as well as verse 14, from Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. We saw from John 14, 8 to 10, as well as John 5, 19, John 6, 38, that Jesus is the will of God in action. He's the will of God in action. He said he did not come to do his own will, but he came to do the will of him who sent him. He said he came to declare the Father. He came to reveal the Father's will. Well, we saw God's attitude towards sin. Jesus forgave it. We saw God's attitude towards uh, needs. Jesus met them, turned the water into wine, felt the multitudes. Then we saw God's attitude towards sickness. Jesus healed it. A leper came to him. We refer to that Matthew 8 from verse 2 to 4. And the leper said in essence, look, I know you've got the power. You can do it. But the only thing I'm not sure of is whether you really want to do it. Uh, if, you can, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus answered once and for all time, I will. I will. I remember God is no respecter of persons. What he says to one, he says to all. So he was saying in essence, I will. And he's saying to me, he's saying to you, he's saying to every sick person, I will that you be healed. So healing is always the will of God. In Matthew 4, 23, we read how Jesus went about teaching, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. We read in Matthew 9, 35, he went about their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. We read in Matthew 8, 16, where it says, and when the even, the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word. Well, his is in italics, so he just says with word. Of course, which word? God's word. Amen. And he says, and he healed all that were sick. All that were sick, without exception. Because that's the will of God. He wants us well. Jesus never turned anybody back. Jesus never made anybody sick. Nobody has a right to tell anyone in the name of Jesus that God wants him sick. That would be a lie. Because Jesus healed the sick. He never turned anybody away. He never told anybody, you see, uh, my power is still booting. My power is still booting. Can you come in the evening? Uh, well, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Let me go and sleep again and wake up on the other side. You know, uh, uh, okay, let me go and seek whether it is the will of God for you to be healed. Let me go and pray and fast first. Never did he do that. Never did he do that. I could take you through the accounts in the four Gospels. Case after case after case after case after case. He was always healing the sick. Always, without fail. Matthew 8, 2 to 4, the leper got healed. 5 to 13, the centurion came on behalf of his servant. 15, uh, Peter's mother-in-law. 14 and 15, Peter's mother-in-law, who had the fever. He rebuked the fever. She was healed. 16 and 17, he, the evening, he healed all that were sick. Later on in the chapter, we read about the Gagasin demoniacs. They got delivered. We, and then we read about Jairus. You know, in chapter 9, the, the man with the palsy that got healed. Then how um, 
uh, Jairus, Jairus' daughter. And as Jesus was going there, the woman with the issue of blood waylaid him and took her healing without permission. By the time he got to Jairus' house, the lady was dead. She was raised from the dead and healed of what killed her. Again and again and again and again in chapter 10, he gave his disciples power to heal all manner of sickness and heal all manner of disease. Chapter 12, there was a man with a withered hand. Chapter 14, he healed so many, was moved with compassion, healed all that were sick. Chapter 15, read about the Syrophoenician woman, amen, whose daughter was vexed with the devil, how she got healed. All through the Bible, chapter 20, read about the, the blind man. You know, have compassion on us. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. So without fail, he always healed the sick. Without fail. In the Acts of the Apostles, the same thing. Praise God. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Chapter 3, Peter and John of Acts were going to the temple, our prayer. The lame man by the gate beautiful. Chapter 5, Peter's shadow, verses 12 through to, verse 12 then, 15 and 16. You know, Peter's shadow falling on the sick and they getting healed. The, deliver, the, the demonized getting set free. Chapter 6, verse 8, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Chapter 7, read about Stephen. Chapter 8, from verse 5, Philip went down to Samaria, pre-Christ unto them. The people gave heed one accord, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits, kind of loud voices, came out of men that were possessed. Many that were lame had the palsy were healed. There was great joy in that city. Amen. Chapter 9, certain disciple from verse 12 in um, uh, Damascus, named Ananias. He said the Lord in a vision, rise, go to the street, which is called straight. Inquire in the house of Judas. One calls all of Tarsus, behold the breath. Seeing the vision, a man called uh, uh, Ananias, coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Well, Ananias argued with the Lord a little bit. But then the Lord said to him, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. I'll show him how great and mighty things will suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17 says, and Ananias went his way and entering into the house, putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared to thee on the way as thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then immediately there fell from his eyes scales. So it was healed. Amen. So we see chapter 9, we read about how Aeneas, who kept his bed, uh, and how Peter said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, make it the whole. Verse 32, 33, 34, arise. And then Aeneas was, was healed of the palsy. Read about how Dorcas, called Tabitha, had been dead. She was brought back to life. You see, all through the Bible, we see Jesus in the flesh. Jesus walking through the church, healing the sick without fail, without turning anybody back. And he hasn't changed. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. You see, when I get on the subject of healing, I get, I, 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 I almost can't, I, I can't stay quiet. Look, I've been sick. I know what sick means. Amen. Yeah, my heart goes out to the sick, those who are suffering, because it's the will of God. He wants you well. He wants you well. He wants you well. You don't have to be sick another day of your life. Yes, we live in a world where the devil is God. Yes, the devil will try to put all kinds of stuff on you. But you've got the Bible right to stand against him and to walk in health. That's the will of God. So because Jesus is the will of God in action and he always healed the sick, 
Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So healing is always the will of God for the sick. From the standpoint of Jesus being the will of God in action. Well, fifth reason why we can be absolutely certain that healing is always God's will for the sick is the father heart of God. The father heart of God. The fact that God is a father. His father heart. His father heart. His father heart. Now, Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed. Now, who anointed Jesus? God. Who sent him? God. God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. Says who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. Amen. So his father heart. James 1.17. It says every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. From the father of lights with whom there is no variableness. Neither shadow of turning. Every good gift. Every good gift. Every good gift. Remember, Acts 10, 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? Now, what was the good? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So healing was the good. Well, if that doesn't convince you that healing is good, Acts 4, 9. Remember, the lame man by the gate beautiful, after he got healed, religious folks, as usual, they got mad. You know, Peter and John were taken into question. A man and not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. And then, um, while Peter was do, making his defense, he said in Acts 4, 9, he said, if we this day be examined of the good deed, the good deed done to this man, by what means he is made whole? Do you see that? He called the man's being made whole a good deed. So you don't have to be too intelligent to know that healing is good. It's, it's all over the Bible. Okay, if you wake up in the morning and your head is pounding, you have a fever, your nose is running, your temperature is high, you know, and then someone says, how are you feeling this morning? Oh, I feel so good. Is that what you say? Well, I feel so good, I need to see a doctor. Is that what you say? Folks go to the doctor and say, I'm not feeling fine. And they say they're not feeling good. Yeah, healing is good. Healing is good. Healing is good. Healing is good. And James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's not even a shadow of change with him. He doesn't change. There's no variableness with him. There's no shifting shadows. He doesn't change. In fact, he doesn't cast shadows. He's all light. No change with him. No change with him. And every good gift comes from him. And according to Acts 10, 38 and Acts 4, 9, healing is good. So healing comes from him. Matthew 7, 11. Matthew 7, 11. Jesus said, if ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more? How much more? How much more? How much more shall your father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Remember, healing is good. Healing is good. And your father is a giver of good things. Psalm 84 verse 11. The Lord is a son and a shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing shall he withhold from them that walk uprightly. He is a good God. He gives only good things. He has only good things. And healing is in his arsenal. Healing is his deal. He's the healer. 
Now let's, let's, talking about the father heart of God, let's go to the book of Psalms. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. Oh, a good God. A good God. A good God. Not only is he good, he's merciful. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. It says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Full of compassion. The word translated compassion is also translated mercy. Slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Are you one of his works? Ephesians 2.10 says where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And he's a good God. Amen. He says the Lord is gracious. He's full of eager yearning. He wants you well more than you want to be well. It breaks his heart to see you suffer. It breaks his heart to see you sick. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. Some people's idea of God is one fellow with a, with a club in his hand waiting for you to make the slightest mistake so he can get you. No, that's not God. He's not out to get you. He's out to bless you. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion. Full of compassion. He's full of eager yearning. Slow to anger. Says and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. You see God won't tell us to do what he won't do. And he said in Galatians 6.10. As you therefore have opportunity. Do good to all men. Especially those of the house of faith. Household of faith. And he's good to all. He makes his son to shine on the just and on the unjust. He's good to all. He's good to all. Whether you'll be saint or sinner, he's good to all. Amen. And he says his tender mercies. His tender mercies. Notice his mercies are plural. His tender mercies are over all his works. Let's see something about his mercies. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Second Corinthians 1 3. He says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. The father of mercies. Not just one mercy. Mercies. He has more than one mercy. Mercies. The father of mercies. And the God of all comfort. Remember Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. From verse 1. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Now nobody questions God's mercy to forgive iniquities. But that's not his only mercy. That's not the only mercy he has. Amen. He says, who healeth all thy diseases. Who healeth all thy diseases. Healing is also one of his mercies. Let's prove that. Go with me, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Talking about the father heart of God. Mark chapter 1 from verse 40. Says, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Notice 41. And Jesus moved with what? Moved with compassion. The word compassion and the word mercy are identical. Moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, now I like Luke's account of this in Luke 5. Luke renders it that Jesus touched him freely. This was a leper. He touched him freely. Glory to God. Remember Luke was a physician. Jesus touched him freely. Luke 5, 12, 13. Amen. 
And then his leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Praise God. Go to Matthew, Matthew 14, talking about his mercies. His mercies, his mercies. Matthew 14, verse 14. It says there, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed the sick. So healing the sick is an act of his compassion, is an act of his mercy. And remember, he's the father of mercies. And remember, his tender mercies are over all his works. And remember, he hasn't changed. He's still the same merciful God. He's still the same merciful God. He's still the same merciful God. Psalm 103 verse 13. You know, he knows our frame. He says, if thou shouldest mark iniquity, who will stand? He said, but there's forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. He knows our frame. He knows we are dust. He has mercy on us. He's a merciful God. He's a compassionate father, a caring father. See, no father has ever longed to do more for his children than God longs to do for us. If only we will let him. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. Every time he was moved with compassion, he healed their sick. You see, Matthew 9.35 says he saw the multitudes. He, he, he taught, preached, healed. And then he saw the multitudes scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he now said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest. Send forth laborers into his harvest. Harvest truly splendors. Laborers are few. Now, if he's going to send forth laborers, what kind of laborers? The same kind of laborers like he was a laborer. Teaching, preaching, and healing. He was moved with compassion. He's still moved with compassion. He's still abundant in goodness. He's still slow to wrath. He's still of great mercy. Brother Hagin, one camp meeting was preaching. And then there was this uh, woman. She came, came in with her husband. It was uh, when they were using Tulsa Convention Center. There was just one, uh, two seats left for both of them up in the, in the, in the balcony gallery so they got there the man criticized the message from beginning to end the woman was a believer walking with god she was embarrassed this man wasn't saved he had a heart problem she just he just criticized the message from beginning to the end and then the time came when brother higgins started laying hands on the sick and they started falling under the power and the man said no i don't believe in that stuff he's just a hypnotizing them He's just a hypnotizing them as if we began to fall under the power of God. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the man turned white as a sheet. And then he, 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 he looked like he had seen a ghost. He, 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 it's going all over me. It's going all over me. It's going all over me. The wife said, what's going all over you? He said, that part that preacher talked about, it's going all over me. He started feeling something like electricity going all over him. Well, he went back to the doctor. They examined him. They said, look, somebody up there likes you. You've got a brand new heart. Whoa, glory to God. Somebody said, how come God to heal that man? Well, Christ died for the ungodly and he qualified. Whoa, glory to God. He's the father of mercies. He's the father of mercies. He's the father of mercies. Let's say a sinner came to you. He says, look, I've messed up. He says, maybe he's been Boko Haram. Maybe he's been whatever. Oh, he's just lived a horrible life. I don't know if God will save me. What will you tell him? Oh, I really don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to save you. You won't say that, will you? You'll tell him. 
that there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners who are plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. He'll tell him there's no, there's no sin bigger, greater than the blood of Jesus. He'll tell him that God is merciful to forgive any kind of a sin, every kind of a sin. But listen, listen, forgiveness of sins is not his only mercy. Healing is also one of the mercies of God. Healing is also one of his mercies. And the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. The Bible says the mercies of the Lord never fail. His tender mercies never cease. Amen. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. To forgive iniquities, to heal diseases. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. That's your father I'm talking about. He's your father. A loving father. A caring father. A compassionate father. A father who longs to bless. Who'll do anything and everything. Bend over backwards. Do anything it'll take. He's your daddy. He's your daddy. See the Bible says we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Amen. Many of us don't know that love. Many of us don't believe that love. He loves you. You say me? Yeah, you. You say but I messed up so much. Well, welcome to the club of we human beings who have messed up. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. He's merciful. And he's a good God. He's a good God. So on the strength of that, of his father heart, of his father heart, of his father heart, he's a father, a loving father, a gracious father, a good father, a responsible father. You know what he said in his word? He said he, 1 Timothy 5, 8, that does not... Uh, provide for his own especially those of his house he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel is God an infidel listen you are his own you are his own he'll provide for you he'll care for you he longs to take a father's place John 17 23 said I in them and I in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me God loves you just the way he loved Jesus. God is with us just the way he was with Jesus. He loves us, the Father. So that's, that's uh, just that alone is enough to convince you beyond a shadow of a doubt that he wants you well. How many of you take your child to school? You say, well, this boy sometimes is stubborn. If he doesn't do his homework or he doesn't pay attention in class, you tell the teacher, break his leg. Anybody who will do that? Listen, if God was here on the earth today and he's the way some people think he is, he will have gone to prison for child abuse. Oh, God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson. You know better. You won't do that to your own children. Why do you think God will? You tell the teacher, oh, this girl, she likes to, she likes to, she, she likes to be playing, you know, when her attention is needed. If she doesn't pay attention... Break her eye. Will you do that? Shook a pen into her eye. Will you do that? Or you tell the teacher, Well, I have some HIV virus inside this blood sample. If this girl doesn't pay attention, if she messes up, just give her some so that she will learn to be humble. She'll learn humility. Humility. Will you do that? Matthew 7 11 says, If ye then be evil, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? 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 Shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a merciful Father. A compassionate Father. A large-hearted Father. He said, if thou shouldest mark iniquity, who will stand? Say, but there's forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. The Bible says he knows our frame. He knows we are dust. He pities us as a father pities his children. That's what the Bible says. He pities us. He loves us. And he wants us well. So we said, number one, healing is always God's will for the sick because it's in his redemptive plan. We said, number two, healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. We said number three, healing is always God's will for the sick because God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. We said number four, healing is always God's will for the sick because Jesus is the will of God in action. And then we saw him, he always healed the sick. He never turned anybody back. He never made anybody sick. He never told anybody, well, this is a blue Monday for me or a yellow Tuesday or a red Wednesday. I'm just not in the mood today. Or my power is not yet fully booted today. Or my iOS needs some update today. Oh, my software is not, is not in place today. My power is not in like it should be. He never said any of that. He never turned anybody down. Nobody has a right to turn anybody down in his name. Praise God. It's the will of God in action. We said number five, healing is always God's will for the sick because of the father heart of God. Because of the father heart of God. He's a father God. You say, well, if God is good, how come there's so much evil happening on the earth? I'll tell you why. It's not God's fault. The Bible says the heavens belong to the Lord. The earth he has given to the sons of men. He gave dominion over all the works of his hands. He gave it to his man, Adam. Adam turned around and sold out to the devil and Satan became the God of this world. You know, sometimes people say God is in control. Well, God, depending on what you mean, that may not be true. If you mean God is in control of everything happening on the earth, you've got another thought coming. He's not. He's not. The devil is the God of this world. Why is he the God of this world? Adam made it so. Want to get mad at anybody? Get mad at Adam. Before you get too mad at Adam, just look at your own life too and some things you have done. And get a little mad at yourself. <laughs> Show Adam some mercy. That's what I'm saying. Amen. So it's not God's fault. He's a good God. He's not the author of all that stuff. Sometimes insurance policies, and I've read those things. They'll say, well, insure you against accidents, earthquakes, hurricanes, accidents, and all that. Acts of God. I beg your pardon. They are no acts of God. None of those things ever happen until after the fall. Death, disease, pain, sickness, poverty, all those things were never a part of God's plan. They were never a part of God's creation. Psalm 41 verse 8, it says a, a, an evil disease has come upon him. Young's literal translation there says a thing of Belial has come upon him. Thing of the devil, sicknesses of the devil. All those things, it was after the fall. It was never a part of God's plan. It was never in God's will. Amen. Jesus, the will of God in action. Five, the father heart of God. The father heart of God. Well, number six, because we're going to seven. You know, we could give more, but we just want to give these seven main ones. Sixth reason why you can know without a shadow of a doubt. And I need you to know 
that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that healing is God's will for you. You say me, yes, you. It's you I'm talking to. I'm not just talking to them. I'm not just talking to us. I'm talking to you. You say, who is you? You is you. You is me. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to each and every one of us. You say, but I'm not saved. Yes, God loves you just as you are. And he wants you saved. Amen. Praise God. And he doesn't mind healing you to show it. Amen. Well, sixth reason. Why we can know without a doubt, with absolute certainty, that healing is always God's will for the sick is because healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. It's our food. It's the children's bread. It's basic. It's the children's bread. Well, in Matthew chapter 15, Matthew 15, from 21 to 28, Matthew 15, 21 to 28, says Jesus departed thence to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, there came a woman of Canaan out of the same coast. Besought him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. The Bible says, But he answered her not a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. He said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, O Lord, help me. Said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which drop from the master's table. Jesus answered and saith unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now listen, this was somebody who was outside the covenant. When Jesus was talking about a dog and calling her a dog, he wasn't being abusive. He was being descriptive. A dog is an unclean animal. The Gentiles were unclean. Because they were outside the covenant. Remember what David said about Goliath. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You see, they were outside the covenant. Ephesians 2 says, without hope, without God. You know, aliens from the covenants of promise. From the uh, uh, covenants of promise. The commonwealth of Israel. Having no hope and without God in the world. That's the way the Gentile was. So she didn't have a covenant. God had a covenant with Israel. And that covenant included healing. So this woman shows up who's outside the covenant and said, look, my daughter needs healing. Jesus didn't say anything. The woman wouldn't go. Said, my daughter needs healing. You know, have mercy on me. He said, look, it's not proper to take the food that belongs to the children. Now, at the end of the day, her daughter got the healing, right? Now, if the dog can get healed, how much more you, a son? It's our bread. It's our bread. It's our bread. It's our bread. Now, you notice that that woman, she received her answer because of her faith. Yeah. An unbeliever can exercise faith. Acts 14, 7 to 10. There they preach the gospel. Satan man, impotent at his feet, being a cripple for his mother's womb. Same heart Paul speaking. Who said, I see beholding him, perceiving he had faith to be healed. Said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. Bible says he leaped and walked. In all probability, that man was a Gentile. Paul had him made an altar call. He just got to that heathen city and he was preaching. Man didn't even wait for him to finish his message or make an altar call. Man had faith to be healed. And Paul saw it and he got him to act on his faith and he got healed. Brother Hagin was teaching in this church. He just taught Mark 11, 23 and 24. Particularly that 24th verse. What things ever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. There was one young man who was in his 20s. He had, he had an incurable condition in his body that was also terminal. But it wasn't going to kill him immediately. But they said within 10 years he'll be dead. Well, after Brother Hagin finished teaching, he encouraged 
everyone, whatever you need, just stand up right now and take it by faith. Say from your heart, I believe that I receive it. The believing comes first, then the having follows. The moment you pray is the moment you believe you receive. You just explain that to them. Well, this young 20-somewhat-year-old young man got up and did just that. Well, he went to the hospital. They ran a, a test. And they ran the test again. They ran the test again. And then they said, look, whatever it is you did, something has happened. You don't have the condition anymore. You're healed. Very next Sunday, he came with so many folks from his family. Who now said they want to start attending that church because their own church believe that healing is not for today they want to go somewhere where the things of god are esteemed and i'm talking about like <laughs> like over 30 people that just came his family members that said look we want to be coming to this church because i want healing and then the young man said could i give my testimony so he told what he did how he stood on mark 11 24. he said he got up and just said from his heart i believe i received my healing and he got healed and the doctors confirmed it. And when he finished, he broke down in tears and started crying. And he said, I want to get saved. <laughs> he wasn't even born again. See, the Bible says with the heart, man believes. Whether the man is born again or is not born again, man is a spirit. And he's capable of believing. Remember the centurion? He was outside of the covenant. He exercised so much faith, Jesus hadn't seen it in Israel. And he had no covenant with God. But you see, because God is a good God, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Now, how much more his children? If the dog can get crumbs and there was enough power in the crumb to drive the devil out, how much more the bread? It's the children's bread. It's the children's bread. Are you a child of God? Well, it's your bread. It's your bread. It's your bread. Psalm 23 verse 5. He said, thou hast set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes, there's the enemy of sickness. There's the enemy of fear. There's the enemy of doubt. There are all those enemies right there. But he has set a table before us right in their presence. But you know what? Rather than some of us facing our table and eating the bread, we are busy looking at the enemies. We are busy talking about the enemies. We are busy shaking because of the enemies. And you are at the table. He has laid a table, seven-course meal, right in front of those enemies. What could the enemy, let the enemy do their worst. Says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man shall do unto me. See, the devil who is our enemy is under our feet. Who cares if he's, at, if he's there? What of it? We've all heard it said, the devil is around. Devil is doing this. Devil is doing that. Yeah, he may be, but God is also around. Not only is he around, he's in me. He's in you. And he has set a table before us. A table before us. And listen, on that table there's bread. And that bread is yours. Yes. What size of bread do you need? You want it sliced? You want it, you know, burger size, king size? Any size of bread. As long as your appetite can take, there's bread on that table. Take all the bread you need. Eat all the bread you want. Take all the bread it takes. If you need to tell somebody, pass me some more bread. Look, there's enough bread for all of us. He has laid a table before us. There's bread on that table. Remember Jesus said in John 6.35, he said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. The way you eat that bread is by coming to him, by believing on him. There's bread on that table. 
There's bread on that table. Healing is our bread. Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. He said, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, thank God. He does give us our bread. It's his will that we have that bread. And healing is the children's bread. Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Healing is the children's bread. It's our bread. It's our bread. It's our bread. Jesus is that manna from heaven. He told them. Is our, healing is our bread. Anybody here tonight who needs some bread? They'll just take some bread. Whoa! Yeah, depending on what kind of appetite you've got. You've got a king-size appetite? Well, there's a king-size table. He said, with long life will I satisfy him. Yeah, there's enough for you to eat and give your dogs and your cats too. There's enough to spare Healing is your bread. It's your bread. It's your right. It's your portion. It's your inheritance. It's, it belongs to you. You have a gospel right to healing, a divine right to healing, a redemptive right to healing, a prayer right to healing. In fact, a human right. It's a fundamental human right. It is. God made it so. It's your bread. It's your bread. Ask your neighbor, do you need some bread? There's enough bread to go around. Yeah. There's so much bread. We can take some to the unbelievers too. It's our bread. It's our bread. Mark's account of it says, let the children first be filled. That's how Mark records that story. It says, let the children first be filled. Are you a child? If you're a child of God, he wants you filled. I'll try to say it in your back then. I'll try to translate it. Babawalunshe. Is our father that makes it. Is our brother that has made it available. We are the ones that dispense it. That's what I just said. It's our bread. It's your right. It belongs to you. Eat some bread, just take it. Oh! Maybe some of you haven't been eating bread lately. Well, maybe you need to double up. Some symptoms have been trying to run you roughshod. Well, just say, well, folks, I'm going to eat. I need to take some bread. I need to take it good. Yeah, need some jam, some butter, some honey, some tea, some coffee, some Lipton, some beverage. Whatever you need, there's bread. Go get some food. Healing is ours. It's ours. It's basic. It's foundational. It's fundamental. And it's mine. Amen. Well, reason number seven. I don't know. Um, many minutes. Looks like I still have two minutes. Reason number seven. Why? Two, right? Healing is always God's will for the sick. Always God's will for the sick. Because of the promises of God. From the standpoint of the promises of God. Healing is always God's will for the sick. Because of the standpoint of the promises of God. Because of the standpoint of the promises of God. You see, God has promised to grant us whatsoever we ask in prayer, believe him. He's promised that. God has told us that our faith can make us whole. So just from the standpoint of the promises of God. See, when Brother Hagin got off the deathbed, standpoint of the promises of God, because God has promised to grant us the things we ask in prayer, believe him. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. When Brother Hagin got off that deathbed, August the 8th, 1934, he said he didn't know there was healing in redemption. He said he didn't know. 
He said, then what was the basis of his faith? How did he get healed? I'll tell you how he got healed. He started, you see, the doctors had told him, watch it out for that bell. Doctors had told him that, look, you don't stand a chance in a million to live beyond the age of 16. Not that he had one, he didn't have one. Told him, stay in the middle of the road, get ready to die. And he got saved, April 22nd, 1933, 20 minutes to 8 o'clock. In the south bedroom of 405 North College Street in McKinney, Texas. He got born again, gloriously saved. Then, on the inside of him, you see, when you're born again, you're born of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. And he'll guide us into the truth of God's word. He said, on the inside of him, there was just a witness that said, you don't have to die at this early age, you can be healed. You don't have to die at this early age, you can be healed. His head couldn't figure it out. His head kept saying, but the doctor says it's incurable. The doctor says it's terminal. His spirit kept saying, you don't have to die at this early age, you can be healed. Then one day, he plain blooded out, if I can be healed, how? And this time around, it was a voice, still small voice of his spirit, said to him, it's all in the book. And he knew what book that must be, not the book of Mormons, not James Hadley Chase, not Mills and Booms. He knew it's the book of books. So he got his grandmother, Drake's Methodist Bible, big Bible. He propped it up, big print, he propped it up in front of him. Initially, he could read just for about 10 minutes a day. And that was as much as he read. Well, people like stories a lot. I think this is a good time to take a break. We'll continue the story at the end of the break. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.